What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Blog Talk Radio. And thank you for tuning into King Jordan Radio for this Tuesday, February 18th, 2014. And today we're going to give our, our, our WWE predictions. But before we bring in the panel, uh, a few reminders. Tomorrow night at 9 o'clock on the East, 
uh, Holly Hughes from CNN will talk about the so-called Craigslist killer with me, uh, Michael Dunn, and some other news stories. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash King Jordan Radio, on the web, King Jordan Radio, uh, King Jordan Sports and Twitter at Mr. King Jordan. Ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce our first guest. He is out of Chicago. He is our wrestling insider. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Double J, JJ. Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. Hey, King, great to be on. Hope everything's all right on the East Coast. I know you guys have been hit pretty hard with all that snow, so hope it's all well in your neck of the woods. And a great time to uh, be following wrestling as we're approaching WrestleMania 30. The road to WrestleMania is developing more and more each and every week. That's right, and the road uh, will uh, definitely start this Sunday in a big way. But I do want to see... uh, I think we might have Dominic Valente from the Wrestling Hot Seat on. Dominic, are you there? Okay, Dominic hasn't checked in yet. But uh, in the meantime, uh, JJ, um, we have the WWE Elimination Chamber. So let's get into... uh, your predictions, my predictions. Do you have the matches? Well, there's seven yes. matches, right? Yes. So far, there have been seven uh, confirmed matches. Uh, the WWE announced some of them yesterday. There is going to be, of course, the pre-show match, which you can watch on uh, you know YouTube for free. It will feature the Rhodes brothers, Cody Rhodes and Goldust, challenging Ryback,sel which is Ryback and Curtis Axel. That will be the kickoff show. And uh, just to get into the pay-per-view, then we have six matches. Since this is prediction day, uh, who is your uh, pick for that match? Well, ideally, I would like to go with the Rhodes brothers just because I don't see them doing much with Ryback. However, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not we would see a potential Cody Rhodes versus Goldust, brother versus brother at WrestleMania. So if anything... You would want to start and plant the seeds uh, at the Elimination Chamber, and you might want to have them have some type of miscommunication to where they lose the match, and then you would hopefully develop a feud just in time for WrestleMania. So while I would like to see the Rhodes Brothers win, because I'm a big fan of them, I think Goldust has been amazing, I guess I would have to go with Rybaxel. Not because they have momentum, not because I like them, but just because I just have a feeling they're building towards this potential brother versus brother match at WrestleMania, which I'm very excited for. I think it would be a great match between Goldust and Cody, and it's been long awaited. A lot of the fans have been talking about this match for some time. So I guess, like I said, I would have to go with Ryback and Curtis Axel winning the pre-show match. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with you. Okay, we do have another guest. Uh, guest, you're online. Hey, King. JJ, how are you? Brother Blackjack, what's up? Uh, Chicago Sunshine Zone, Blackjack Brown, covering wrestling for over 35 years. 
and we are in the progress of doing our pay-per-view predictions, and J.J. just gave us the pre-match. I totally agree what he said. I mean, not to uh, repeat what he said, but I I totally agree with him, with with, uh, what he said. I've been saying that for for months uh, about the brothers into getting into gauging and into a battle between the roses, they'll be good. Between Dustin and Co- and Cody, that should be a good one. And I'm still looking forward to those Wyatts to uh, bring back into their camp. They're going to try uh, the um, the Shield. One of the members of the Shield probably will be with the Wyatt. That's what I'm uh, projecting on. Wow. Okay, let's get back to the uh, card coming up this Sunday. It's WWE Elimination Chamber on the road to WrestleMania. JJ, the uh, the other matches for the card, let's go by it. Well, we have, of course, the New Age Outlaws will be defending their WWE Tag Team titles against the Usos. The Usos, who a lot of fans have been cheering for, who feel that maybe they haven't gotten their opportunities at the uh, tag team titles, will finally get an opportunity against the Outlaws. So it should be very exciting to see whether or not the fans pull for the Usos. They finally have their shot to get the gold. It's something that uh, you know the fans have been waiting for for a while. I think the Usos have a lot of momentum on their side, even though the Outlaws are back, and they seemingly are better than ever. I mean, Road Dog Jesse James is just as good on that microphone now as he was back in the Attitude Era in the late 90s. Billy Gunn, I mean, the guy looks like he's still the Billy Gunn on my television screen from 1999. I mean, the guy just hasn't aged at all. It's, It's phenomenal. He looks the same pretty much. So I got to give the Outlaws a lot of credit. They haven't lost uh, much of anything as far as being away for over 14 years. But uh, I think they're going to somehow sneak out and get another victory. And I think that the Usos hopefully might get a shot maybe at WrestleMania. I think they're definitely destined for that big win. And there's no bigger win than a win at WrestleMania. So I kind of feel that the Outlaws are going to somehow retain their titles, whether it's by disqualification or if they hold the ropes, but somehow the the old veterans are going to walk out with the titles. Yeah, I mean, it's still amazing when I I hear you say the uh, New Age Outlaws and the Tag Team Champions. It's just like I feel like we're back in the 90s again because, uh, you know, they uh, helped – that was the era, 99, 98, 97, where I was very much in tune. It was the Monday Night Wars. On yeah. one station, you had Goldberg. On one channel, on one station, you had Austin and mm-hmm. Hogan and uh, uh, The Rock on different stations. So the New Age Outlaws also were a part of that 98 era. And uh, like you said, the... Uh, they're in phenomenal shape. I mean, uh, Billy Gunn uh, was with Chuck Palumbo uh, yeah. a little bit longer than, but Road Dog has been out of the WWE for over a decade, and yeah. uh, it's amazing, like you said, that he still has it. I think that, uh, like you said, the popularity of the or the uh, you know 
just the the Wiley veterans are going to figure out a way to keep the titles, and then uh, possibly that would uh, have them to go on to WrestleMania, maybe to have uh, another rematch with uh, Goldust and uh, Cody. That's the only thing that can make sense out of it. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Uh, You know, the the Rose Brothers are a great team. I know, like Blackjack said, you know, I've been reading him mentioning in the Chicago Sun-Times every day. You can read uh, Blackjack's article, his column, from the Sun-Times, and he's mentioned, you know, for quite some time that, you know, they've been building up this potential gold dust and uh, Cody Rhodes feud. While a lot of fans would love to see it, with the WWE and the road to WrestleMania being unpredictable, you never know what changes they could or might not make to the card. So maybe instead of having a one-on-one match, Maybe instead they have them regain the tag titles. I mean, it's still early, nothing's set in stone, so it's hard to say what will happen or not. Just have to keep on tuning in and find out. And it still could be to where they might even uh, still be a tag team at uh, Mania and then break up at Mania. Yeah. Usually at Mania you see like uh, a good guy turning bad or a bad guy turning good, something that you wouldn't expect. So there'll be a, definitely be a shocker at uh, Mania regarding something like that. Even the Wyatts may be gaining someone else. You know, I'm still big on the Wyatts, just as I was with the Shield last year and how mm-hmm. big uh, they became. They like the Wyatts. They're, they're pretty good. So um, with some momentum, I think uh, they might pull it out and pull up some upsets, shocking upsets, as far as gaining people like the way they got uh, Ryan Daniels. When they got him for momentarily, you know. Yeah, it's an excellent so, point. Let me just check. I think we might have another guest uh, caller. You're on with King Jordan Radio. Jordan, what's up? It's Dominic. Hey, hey brother Dominic, how are you? What's up, hey, my guy? JJ, what's up, my man? To have you on, yeah, Dominic. Just... All over the pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I heard part of it before I got clicked over. Yeah, we're talking about Sunday's Elimination Chamber. Now, what happened? You you had a, an issue with your phone? Yeah, what happened was my phone went out on uh, Valentine's Day, so I didn't do a Valentine's Day report. I figured right. it would come back on. And when I called the phone company, they said the soonest they could get there is Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, I said, this is bullshit. I said, my mother's got her own apartment downstairs. She's 85 years old, and that's the earliest you could come. Mm. So my neighbor took me Sunday to get a, a cell phone. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm electronically challenged. And like black Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, see? So the battery ran out. And I said, how long does this battery stay on before i got to plug it in? So I went next door to the neighbor that went with me, and he said, all right, it's on now. Leave it charged overnight. But in the meantime, last night during Raw, I picked up my phone just to see what was going on, and I and I got my my house phone back. Oh, so you do got your house phone back? Yeah, I did. I did uh, the hotline today two one two six two nine nineteen hundred, and I got caught up with everything. Okay, great. But uh, let's give Dominic a chance to uh, comment on the uh, previous matches. First of all, JJ, what, what what's the pregame match? We oh, gave yeah, off the, 
the kickoff match will be the Rhodes Brothers versus Rybaxel, Ryback and Curtis Axel. Who do you yeah, got I'm going to go with the Rhodes Brothers. I think they're going to retain. I don't see them doing anything with Curtis Axel and, and, and Ryback as of now. But, you know, you never know down the line somewhere. But I think the, I think the Rhodes boys are going to keep, keep them titles. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the other match we said is the uh, Usos taking on Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. Uh, oh, you didn't know? Your ass <laughs> yeah. better call somebody. <laughs> I think the I Usos was... are going to be champions, but not yet. I think they're going to let it keep keep the belts around uh, the New Age Outlaws for a while because they can still go. They're mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah, I love the Usos too, but I th- I think the next time around for a rematch or whatever, maybe a, a lumberjack uh, tag team match or maybe all four guys in the ring at once. I think that's when we're going to see the titles. Well, they already the got that nine non-title victory, you know. So um, mm-hmm. the show, showing that they can beat them, but I don't think as of yet. I agree with you, Dominic. I don't yep. think they're going to take it so uh, quick, you know. Yeah, and uh, we were just saying how the uh, New Age Outlaws looked just like they did in the 90s, Dominic. What yeah, they, did. They, they haven't missed a beat. It's like they were tag teaming since then. Mm-hmm. It, it's great. It's always great to see the veterans, even though they turned heel and they started getting booed, but it was it, it's great seeing them together as a team. And I was saying they were in the era where it was much must-watch uh, uh, wrestling. On one channel, you had Goldberg, Hogan, NWO. On the other channel, you had DX, Rock, and Austin. You know, yep. you, had to, you had to even catch the replay sometimes of uh, Nitro uh, if you missed Raw. So those were the fun days to me. Honestly, I used to hate them days because they were both on at the same time. You had to watch <laughs> one and take the, the other and then watch the other one. Yeah. But their ratings were so much higher than it is now. Uh, the ratings were through the roof. Now forget it. Yeah. But, uh, okay, uh, J.J., what's the next match uh, coming up this Sunday at uh, Elimination Chamber, Road to well, WrestleMania? Big E Langston, who I should mention, they actually, the WWE dropped his name Langston. He is no longer Big E Langston. He will for now be referred to as Big E. So Big E will be defending his Intercontinental Championship against Jack Swagger. So that should be... I don't know if that seems like a match that they just wanted to fill the card. I do think... I like Big E. I think he's... uh, You know, there's something about him that he's very entertaining. He has charisma. He's big, but yet he's still uh, very athletic. He's quick, uh, explosive when he's in the ring. So uh, I definitely think, without a doubt, Big E will retain the titles. But I definitely think that uh, the match hopefully will be pretty good. You know, like I said, I like Big E, but even Jack Swagger, you know, he's pretty good in the ring. Uh, He's got Zeb Coulter in his corner, and Coulter is just uh, a great manager, so he should definitely maybe interfere in some capacity in the match so uh there's that's what i think think biggie will retain the intercontinental title yeah i gotta agree with you biggie has the size the strength and the look so uh look for biggie to uh retain his intercontinental title 
Dominic, what's your uh, uh, on this match? What's your opinion? Uh, I'm gonna go with Big E to retain. I wasn't so high on him at the beginning, but he's agile for a big guy. He's quick. Yeah. He's strong, and he can do it. I think he's gonna take Swagger. I think Swagger is very underrated because of lack of promo ability and maybe a little lack of personality. But Swagger could be another another Kurt Angle, but. They're just not doing really anything with him. Now he's in a tag situation. Zeb Coulter may cause Swagger to get disqualified. Yeah. And maybe Swagger will get smacked around again. But I see Big E retaining anyway. Blackjack, what about you? I'm going with Big E myself. So we got four people going with Big E. It'll be yeah. a major upset if he didn't retain retain that title, but I still see him maintaining it. Right. Uh, we also have... Uh, who else do we have, JJ? I don't have it right in front of me. They will have a, a grudge match between Titus O'Neil and Darren Young, the former primetime players. They've made their split. Titus O'Neil has ditched Darren Young, you know, citing that he was the weak link and he was holding him back. Titus has turned uh, heel, and he's been uh, calling out Darren Young, so they will have a match to kind of settle who is, you know, the the best member of the primetime players. So uh, even though Darren Young is the good guy going into this match, I think Titus, there's something about him that, you know, he's, a, he's another big guy that the WWE really likes. You know, he's got the size. Uh, he's got great uh, promo skills. He's always very funny when he's in front of the camera. He had that one exchange with Jerry Lawler and uh, Michael Cole on the announce and when they were announcing. It was very funny, and that they still refer to it uh, today. So I think uh, Titus, I think somehow he'll get the win, even if he has to cheat to win and to uh, come out on top. So I definitely think Titus O'Neil. I'm going to have to go with Darren Young uh, in a surprise. Uh... I just just think uh, the points you made were excellent for Titus, but uh, in this particular match, which uh, could be has the makings of a good, solid 10-minute uh, match, 15-minute match, but uh, either way, it should be a great match. Uh, so uh, Darren Young, I think, will take it. Dominic, let's go over to you on this All match. All right, they did it at a couple of house shows already, and Darren Young won both of them. I think Titus oh, really? O'Neil's going to take it on the pay-per-view. Oh, oh really? They did it at house shows? Yeah, I think they did it last last weekend or this past weekend. Yeah, they they did it at a couple of house shows, and uh, this guy won, Darren Young. But I think uh, Titus is going to take it. He's a big guy. And he reminds me of a throwback guy to, like, the old days of Sonny King and maybe even Bearcat Wright. He's strong, he's powerful, and maybe needs to be on his own. Any, uh, you know that this football player to me came out, and Darren Young, I think, is the one playing the gay. Well, no, he's not playing. He is gay, right? Darren yeah, yeah. Young. That's yeah. what we hear. Well, he's not on uh, TMZ, your favorite show. Right, but in the wake of the news of the uh, football player, which I never heard of a football player, but. You know, I'm not going to get into that because, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But uh, they might give it to Darren Young uh, just on that. 
on that on that notion because of all these people that that girl came out. Uh, you know, I'm talking about uh, Ellen Page or something like that. So we'll, well see. there's a lot of media talk about uh, Darren Young, and he even went on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and a lot of people were praising uh, that episode when he was a guest on Ellen DeGeneres. So. I mean, you never know. You know, if you want media attention, you would want Darren Young to get the win and, you know, get a nice little victory at the pay-per-view. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, the it's bottom, definitely a possibility. The bottom line is, you know, forget about all that other stuff. Just let's hope they have a great match. Yeah. Okay, the next match is? There was a time when they would probably even go, like, to a double uh, count-out. But mm-hmm. does that still exist? Most of them, I don't know. Uh, we ain't seen that in a long time. At, at that point, that's, that's a good point. That's a long time. right. We haven't seen that in ages. They, yeah, they, they even used to have time limit draws. When's the last time you heard the time has expired? Matches a draw. Oh my God! That'd be a kid in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and my name is Joe McHugh. So if it don't go that way, I look for Titus to win it because he's got a lot of charisma. Like I like the way he talks. Yeah, yeah, me too. He's very funny, and he's he, he can put himself over real good. Mm-hmm. Did you see him on Raw last night? I don't know yes. who that blonde was. That was a great interview. That, that was he, Renee Young. Oh, you know how to spell champion, baby girl? Yeah. T-H-A. No, 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 that's not it. It's T-I-T-U-S-O-N-E-I-L. Something if you like watch his back, you can see a lot of uh, uh, stuff going on there. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. That's why I would hope for him to take that title and possibly take her out. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, JJ, uh, what do we have left for the Elimination Chamber? We know we oh. have that main event, and we have another match, I believe, right? We have uh, three matches left. There's, of course, the uh, returning Batista. Batista will be taking on Alberto Del Rio. It's Batista's uh, first big one-on-one match back in the WWE. So uh, it, it pretty much seems that they're feeding him Del Rio. So I would be shocked if Del Rio walked away with any kind of victory at all. I think Batista's just going to go there and he's going to you know, make an example out of Del Rio. And that's why he's going to be headlining WrestleMania. There's no way Batista's losing this match. It's like the Royal Rumble, you know. We all knew that Batista was going to take it. It's a shoo-in. Yeah. Well, yeah Batista, that's why it's predictable. Uh, I'll go one further. I think, you know, uh, this will be a squash match. It could be. You know, I, I can't see it uh, any other way. Uh, you know, uh, Batista, they're trying to push for WrestleMania. Uh, you know, God knows what happened. You know, even though, you know, he's not being cheered right now, they are trying to, you know, throw him down, shove him down off the road. And, uh, you know, they brought him back. They paid him a lot of money, so they want him, they want to get something out of him. I think and, after this match, they will definitely be calling him the Animale. Yeah, right? The Anima. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with Mr. Batista. Yeah, I, I like both of them. I think Batista's going to take it. I think Del Rio basically is going to be fed to the Lions right now. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah really. Black, yeah. What if, yeah, 
They don't they really got a wealth of skills, but they're going to push Batista to the moon now. It seems like uh, such a long time ago that Del Rio was world champion. It does. Yeah. About a year ago, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. You know, and like, uh, can you believe just a couple of years back, uh, the Miz was world champion, and Del yeah, Rio really. was world champion. The and, thing that was funny about Rio was he was the world champion, and he was the face. He was the face last year at WrestleMania, and he was the world champion. And while he was champion, they turned him. They turned him into a heel when he had his feud with Dolph Ziggler. When Dolph Ziggler cashed in money in the bank, and he became one of the most over guys in the company at that time. And Dolph then became the face, and Del Rio became the heel. And then Del Rio got the title back, and he went back to being uh, a heel, which was kind of interesting that they would make the switch while he was champion. Yeah, that was interesting. That's something I don't think they ever did, but it was something good for what it was. Oh, definitely no question. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that would be will be the last match. I think it will be somewhere in the middle because the last match is, of course, that big chamber match. But yes. uh, before that, we get into that match, J.J., there's another match with the Wyatts, right? There's, of course, the, which could easily steal the show. I mean, it's very possible the Shield yeah. will come to face in the ring and have their six-man tag match against the Wyatts, which is something that's been very anticipated among fans for months. You know, they've done a great job keeping them away from each other. We haven't really seen, you know, the Wyatts and the Shield interact with each other until recently, and they've been even building up towards them very slow where, you know, maybe last week they had them both in the middle of the ring and then they kind of went face-to-face, but then the Wyatts walked away. And then, of course, we saw something similar uh, yesterday on Raw, and they're they're just doing it very slow. They're not just throwing them at each other every week, every week. So I think this is one thing that they've been doing really well, just building up this match, and I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. You know, the Shield are just as good as they've ever been. Dean Ambrose is that kind of wild, uh, cagey, unpredictable. And, of course, Seth Rollins, very uh, talented, very athletic, very quick. And then, of course, Roman Reigns, who's just been, you know, just uh, phenomenal lately. They've really given him the ball in Shield. They're making him the guy. And they've had him had an amazing past few months from Survivor Series to the Royal Rumble. You know, Roman Reigns has done a lot of uh, great things. So it's definitely going to be a big match. And Bray Wyatt is someone who everybody talks about each and every week when he does his promos. They're so eerie and strange and bizarre. But yet, you know, people continue to watch and they're mesmerized by him and his jargon and words and whatever he's saying. Half the time, I don't know what he's saying, but I'm still so fascinated by whatever it is he's saying. (laughs) That's one thing they do uh, very well uh, with uh, Bray and the Wyatts. The other members of the Wyatts, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, they don't talk much, but uh, they're also very interesting. They're you know big guys. You know they work well together. As much as I would love to see the Shield walk away from this, I definitely think the Wyatts are going to pick up the win, and we're going to start to see the Shield crumble. So, who is your prediction on this? 
I predict the Wyatts will somehow get a victory and that somehow the Shield will crumble. Maybe they might even turn on each other. But the Wyatts, I think, will somehow take advantage of the miscommunication in Shield and they'll pick up the victory. As I said earlier on, look for possibly Roman Reigns to join the Shield. You know, it would have been great even uh, to see that at at this point. It would be good. It will make it very interesting. And he turns in, uh, against the other two partners, the other two S.H.I.E.L.D. members, and beats them up and joins the, the Wyatt. We've seen, as I said, Brian, the, uh, Brian go with them. So I, I think it's very well possible that could happen. Dominic, what's your take on this match? All right, I see both. I see the match getting thrown out, and all six guys are going to get disqualified. They're going to go Broadway with this, and all all six guys, referee's going to lose all control, and I think they're going to keep it going a little bit more. Maybe some dissension among the ranks with the Shield. Mm-hmm. But I think Dean Am- I think uh, Roman Reigns is going to be the breakout star. That's the guy they're looking to get the push. And move them away, move him away from the other two guys, so he can excel on his own. So I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to go with a double disqualification or a double countout. Anything that'll uh, eliminate both teams. I don't see a winner. That's well, a good the people that ordered it on pay-per-view might be mad, but that could be a fact. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it would be a change. It's great because no one loses any face because, you know, there's these two beloved teams and nobody wants to see them lose, and yet they both can't win. However, in Dominic's suggestion, that's actually great for everyone. This way the Shield doesn't lose, and this way the Wyatt doesn't lose, and no one really loses momentum. So if they want to build something even at WrestleMania, because, you know, WrestleMania is still uncertain. We're not sure what they're going to be doing with the, the Wyatts and Cena, or maybe they might have the Wyatts and Shield, and maybe we'll have the, the big breakup of Shield at WrestleMania. So, as I they, said, I want to see a turn to make that very interesting. You got no other way, I would imagine. That's how I would book that kind of match. You have the Shield, or one of the members, Roman Reigns, possibly joining the Wyatts. I'd look for that to happen. Okay, now before we get into the main event. The main event will feature what? Five guys? Six. Six. Six guys. And JJ, if the winner will go on to WrestleMania, is that how it's working? That well, that is correct because the winner of the match will be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion and will challenge the Royal Rumble winner. So the winner of the Elimination Chamber will definitely be headlining. WrestleMania as the champion. And that would be, of course, Batista. Yes, they'll be facing Batista at uh, WrestleMania 30. Okay, then without further ado, can you please announce the participants? Well, of course, we have the current WWE World Heavyweight Champion, which is Randy Orton. He will be challenging inside the Elimination Chamber. Actually, this would be, uh, I believe this is Randy Orton's sixth Elimination Chamber match. He has been in five previous Elimination Chamber matches. So this will be his sixth. So Orton will be, like I said, defending his WWE 
world heavyweight title against John Cena. John Cena, who also has been in uh, a few Elimination Chamber matches. Uh, also, Sheamus, Sheamus, who's been in uh, three previous or two previous Elimination Chamber matches. This will be Sheamus's third Chamber match. And, of course, the new Antonio Cesaro. Much like Biggie Langston, I mentioned before, the WWE has dropped his name Antonio. You will no longer refer to Antonio Cesaro as Antonio. He's just Cesaro. So Cesaro will be in his first ever Elimination Chamber match. Christian. Christian will also be in his very first Elimination Chamber match. It's hard to believe a, a veteran in the WWE who's been there as long as he has, and he's never been inside an Elimination Chamber match. Uh, the Elimination Chamber, this is already going to be, uh, the, I believe, the 17th Elimination Chamber match. They've had Elimination Chamber matches for the past 12 years, and this is only the fifth uh, Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. So it's pretty rare for someone who's been in WWE as long as Christian has that this is his first ever chamber match. And yeah, they did that the other night, and I thought he was already in a couple. No, Christian has never participated inside the elimination chamber match. Yeah, he with did. all the time he's there, like you said, you would think of what he would have been. Yeah, he, yeah. Did interfere. he interfered in a chamber match. I don't know if it was when Edge was champion, but he was never a wrestler in the Elimination Chamber oh, match. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, of course, also in the Elimination Chamber is uh, the WWE's fan favorite, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan will be in his third Elimination Chamber match, and a lot of people are going to be cheering and rooting for Daniel Bryan, and we'll see what happens. It's hard to say. Any of these men have the potential to headline WrestleMania like Orton or Cena, and, of course, the fans mm-hmm. are pulling Bryan. I don't uh, think uh, Christian will be headlining WrestleMania against Sheamus or against Batista. I don't think uh, Sheamus will be headlining against Batista. I don't think Cesaro will. But you've got to look at John Cena, Randy Orton, and Daniel Bryan being the favorite. Uh, this is a tough one. I would think if the WWE have it their way, of course Orton's going to somehow walk out and he's going to headline Batista, the headline WrestleMania against Batista, and the WWE's going to have their evolution guys, you know, going at each other, which I'm sure that's what they want. I don't think Cena should win the match just because we've already seen Cena versus Batista. When Batista left the WWE several years ago, he had his final match against Cena at WrestleMania. So we don't need to have that match again. Daniel Bryan would be refreshing. This way, I mean, uh, as Dominic mentioned, right now, even though the fans are booing Batista, he's still a face. They're still pushing him as a good guy. So this would be a big, if they had Daniel Bryan versus Batista and possibly turning Batista heel. I don't see that happening, but it would be very interesting. I think the fans would finally get what they want. I like that idea. Even if Daniel Bryan wins... Let's say Randy Orton gets his rematch. Would, Dan, would Randy Orton get his rematch at WrestleMania? Would you have a triple threat match between Orton, Bryan, and Batista? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to call. I personally, my heart has to go with Daniel Bryan. I want to see this kid headline WrestleMania as the champion. I don't think it's going to happen at all, but I'm going to pull for the guy. 
I think they're going to tell me John Cena's going to walk out of there victorious. Oh, just tells no. me that they WWE just loves John Cena too much, and they're in love with him. And uh, by the time it's all said and done, you'll see Cena walk out of that winner. Dominic, what's your thoughts on this big main event coming up Sunday? Well, creative said they had nothing really for, for Christian, so I don't see them doing anything with him. I don't no. want Cena. I don't want Orton. I w- I'd like to see Cesaro, but who deserves it the most? Daniel Bryan, and that's my pick. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I hope you guys are right. Well, I hope Jack, so, what too. You- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Blackjack? Who's your pick on this Sunday night's Elimination Chamber match? I'm projecting probably Orton to retain the title. If it's not uh, him, it'll probably be probably be Cena. Cena's got that extra media of what's going on these talk shows and everything like that. They'll need that. Uh, he's no stranger like to the uh, Ke- Kelly and Michael type of shows and stuff like that. So it's just amazing of of how. Uh, you figure who we want to see, you know, Dominic, you've been around for a while. Uh, JJ, you're new to the scene as well. I love your great ideas. And um, that's just the way of the thinking now. It's kind of, which is still good, confusing, you know, and which way It is, because go. what we want to see and what they give us is two different things. That's yeah. what makes it confusing and makes it good. Right, which is good, yeah. Yep. That's what I'm saying. It probably might be Orton still retaining the title. Cena, he dropped his belt to Daniel Bryan uh, when he was hurting and injured, so he deserves to, to possibly get the title again, you know. Um, but And then you got Batista. And do you want to see a match between Batista and Orton again? Or, no. Or Batista and... Uh, uh, and uh, Cena. No, I don't want that either. So Brian, Danny Brian, I mean, you throw him into the mix. Did they do Batista and Sheamus yet, ever? No, No, I don't think they did. That was a match you would wouldn't even normally see. Years back, the main event would be anyway. Did you hear about that? Pretty good match. Huh? Did you ever hear that? I think that would be a pretty good match, Sheamus and, and Batista. That would be a very interesting match, yeah. I mean, uh, when Sheamus came into the WWE, he was on the sci-fi ECW when Batista was still one of the top guys over in the WWE. And even when Sheamus went over to uh, to Raw, uh, I don't think they really – they were both kind of faces or heels, so they never really got a chance to work – out of big feud against each other, so that would be something that we haven't seen. And yeah. you know, Sheamus is, uh, you know, he's a big guy right now. He's already been a world champion, a WWE champion. He's definitely a main event caliber. So that would be a very interesting uh, feud. Uh, Sheamus yeah, you spin these things around, and you know, you, you, you get a match. Yeah. I, wouldn't mind I heard somewhere down Sheamus the line he would think of turning Bartista. Sheamus into a bad guy, which I don't like. I think he's too over. With the fear. Yeah. Yeah, he well, he, was a, he used to be a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Since he's been a good he's guy, a he's so old that I love him. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But in light of the uh, Elimination Chamber, WWE.com listed their 10 
uh, greatest uh, elimination chamber matches, and I have it. It goes as follows: go, We go back to No Way Out 2008. Uh, Batista versus Big Daddy B versus The Undertaker versus Finley versus The yeah. Great Khali versus uh, MVP. Yep. Co- coming in at number ten. You guys remember that one? Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah, that was, as you mentioned, the No Way Out pay-per-view in 2008. Uh, The Undertaker, they were all fighting for a shot at uh, the champion at WrestleMania. So this was one of the very few Elimination Chamber matches that wasn't for a title, but it was for a title shot opportunity at WrestleMania. And The Undertaker won, and The Undertaker would go on to, I believe, face maybe Edge. I think it might have been Edge at WrestleMania. Elimination Chamber 2012 had Daniel Bryan against The Big Show, against Wade Barrett, against Cody, against Santino Morella, and the great Khali. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, very yeah, yeah. like that because the, the thing that was very surprising about that match, Daniel Bryan was still kind of – some people liked him, but he was making that transition into a heel and he was the world heavyweight champion. He walked in the champion. He walked out the champion. But what was so interesting about that match was the final two competitors in that match. And the final two competitors inside that elimination chamber was, of course, Daniel Bryan, the champion. And of all people, Santino Morella. You would think maybe Wade Barrett, who they've always been kind of trying to push, maybe the big show, Hell, maybe even the great Kali, but Santino Morella going one-on-one with the world heavyweight champion, the fans were actually pulling for Santino because you never thought in a million years <laughs> Santino Morella would get an, a title opportunity inside this chamber. And Daniel Bryan, who is someone who you would believe could lose to you know, Santino Morella. You know, Daniel Bryan wasn't some invincible champion. I mean, it was very possible that Santino could have walked out of there as champion. So the fans were just going nuts. They were really uh, enjoying the match. So I remember it fondly. That was a, it was a it was a pretty good chamber match. At number eight, Elimination Chamber 2011 had John Cena versus Sheamus versus CM Punk versus Randy Orton versus John Morrison versus R Truth. You remember wow. that one, JJ? <laughs> yeah, that's a, another one. This was for the elimination. This was a raw elimination chamber match. Uh, the elimination chambers over the years, they've sometimes had uh, two chamber matches a year. They would have one for the raw brand and one for the SmackDown brand. This was for the uh, raw brand. And as you mentioned, it was John Cena. He got the win and he went on to a headline WrestleMania. This was for a title shot opportunity. And at number seven, The Undertaker versus R-Truth versus John Morrison versus Rey Mysterio versus Jericho versus CM Punk in the Elimination Chamber 2010. Do you remember that one, Jerry? Yeah, that, as you mentioned, that was uh, 2010. That was for the SmackDown brand. The Undertaker was the WWE, or he was the a world champion. Undertaker walked into there as the world champion. There was no way in hell you saw Undertaker losing. Uh, you didn't see Morrison or Mysterio or Truth or even Punk at that time uh, beating the Undertaker. And yet, 
Chris Jericho walked out of the Elimination Chamber and he defeated The Undertaker and became the new World Heavyweight Champion because of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was hiding underneath the chamber uh, grate and he kind of revealed himself and he super kicked The Undertaker, giving Jericho the opportunity to pin him and become the uh, new World Champion, which of course led to the uh, infamous uh, Undertaker Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match. Wow, and I remember that now. Number yeah. six, Edge versus Rey Mysterio versus Kane versus The Big Show versus Bad News Barrett versus Drew McIntyre. We go back to 2011, the Elimination Chamber. JJ, do you remember this one? Yeah, uh, this again was for the, uh, this was a SmackDown Elimination Chamber. Edge right. walked in as world champion, and he walked out as the uh, world champion. And uh, actually, Dolph Ziggler was scheduled to be inside that uh, chamber match, but I believe the Big Show replaced him. I don't know if Big Show just gave him a knockout punch at the pay-per-view. I don't remember. But I know Big Show replaced Ziggler. And, uh, you know, it was great seeing Edge as the champion and to go on to headline WrestleMania. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a good match. And Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio inside the chamber doing, you know, high flying and, you know, daredevil wrists flying off of the uh, chamber walls. It was, a, it was a good match. Definitely was. Okay, we're down to the top five. We have to we go back a little bit in two thousand eight on No Way Out had Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho versus JBL versus Shawn Michaels versus Triple H versus the late Umaga. Oh Umaga, wow. Yeah. yeah. But this one? Yeah, that was of course uh, at the No Way Out pay per view. This was the before that they uh, gave the Elimination Chamber their own pay-per-view. It was originally the No Way Out pay-per-view, and it was for the Raw brand. It was JBL's only time in the Elimination Chamber, going up against fan favorites like Chris Jericho, Jeff Hardy, uh, Shawn Michaels, and uh, as I mentioned, Umaga, who was that Samoan bulldozer. He was going into that match with a lot of momentum. He was you know, undefeated for a very long time. He had that uh, Samoan, uh, that one, I forgot what his finishing move was, when he kind of chopped people in the throat. Uh, it was a very uh, it was very unique Elimination Chamber match. And this one was for, again, a title shot opportunity at WrestleMania, which Triple H had won. Okay, at number four, John Cena versus The Edge versus Chris Jericho versus Rey Mysterio versus Kane versus Mike Knox. No Way Out 2009. Mike oh, Knox. Wow. Holy Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember him being in any. <laughs> Mike Knox, that's Knox from, from Aces and Eights. That's right, yeah. Oh, my God. Do you remember that, stage? The No Way Out pay-per-view, it was for the Raw brand. This was probably, I don't know if it was my favorite chamber match, but 2009 was by far my favorite year for the Elimination Chamber, just because, to to kind of change the subject, but the previous match was the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, and the SmackDown Chamber match saw Edge as the WWE Champion, 
and Edge would take on Triple H, Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, Big Show, and uh, Vladimir Kozlov. And Triple H defeated defeated Edge for the WWE title. And Edge lost, and he was broken and defeated, and Lita was uh, consoling him. And yet, there was still the big main event that night. The main event was the Raw Elimination Chamber match. And I believe uh, uh, that, as we just mentioned, which featured John Cena, Kane, Rey Mysterio, Jericho, and Mike Knox. And Edge wound up uh, replacing Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston was scheduled to be inside that Elimination Chamber match. Edge took him out backstage and then Edge just threw himself into the Raw uh, Elimination Chamber match with help from Vicky Guerrero, I believe. And Edge would walk in and he would dethrone John Cena, who at the time was the world champion. And Edge would become your new world heavyweight champion, which was amazing. That he started off the pay-per-view as the SmackDown WWE champion, and yet he would end the pay-per-view as the Raw World Heavyweight Champion. That was probably one of my yeah. favorite times with the Elimination Chamber. It was just a really great. Absolutely. This next one, we got to go back eight years and New Year's Revolution 2006. It pitted John Cena versus Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle versus Carlito versus Chris Masters versus Kane. New Year's Resolution 06. Do you remember this one, J.J.? Yeah, this was uh, back in January. This was back when they had two pay-per-views in January. They had New Year's Revolution and the Royal Rumble. And, uh, yeah, John Cena at the time was the WWE champion. He would be going up against Shawn Michaels, Carlito, uh, Chris Masters, Kurt Angle, and Kane. Uh, It was was definitely a good chamber match. Anytime you put Shawn Michaels in there, he definitely, you know, nails it out of the park. He took advantage of the chamber and the pod, and he gave everything he got into that match. He did the elbow drop. He did the elbow drop off the chamber pod, but uh, it was just, it was a great match. Unfortunately, though, but uh, John Cena walked out as WWE champion. (laughs) And the final two, starting with number two, we go back to SummerSlam 2003, 11 years ago. Triple oh, yeah. H versus HBK versus Jericho versus Orton versus Goldberg versus Nash. SummerSlam 03. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was one. Yeah, Triple H was the uh, world heavyweight champion at the time. And, of course, Goldberg, who had a lot of momentum, a lot of the fans wanted to see Goldberg dethroned Triple H. I, I, just remember, I just remember Goldberg spearing Chris Jericho through the glass. You know, Jericho was uh, outside, of, uh, outside the ring, but he was still, of course, inside the chamber. But he was by one of the plexiglass pods, and Goldberg just did a spear, and he just took him right through the, the glass. It was uh, definitely something I still remember, even though it was so many years ago, back in... Uh, 2003, but uh, it was a, a definitely very memorable, a, a great match, and Triple H walked in as champion, and he still walked out as champion. Yes, and this next one I was at, Survivor Series uh, 
2002. Wait till you listen to this. Okay, and this is the number one from WWE.com. Triple H versus Booker T versus RVD versus Jericho versus Kane versus Shawn Michaels, Survivor yeah. Series 2002. Shawn Michaels won that one, I believe. Oh, yeah, 100% he did. It was uh, the first ever Elimination yes. Chamber match. And uh, it was very unique uh, because you had Rob Van Dam. I'll never forget Rob Van Dam climbing up the top of the chamber pod, and he did a five-star frog splash to Triple H. And the thing about those pods is they don't give you a lot of room on top of the pod, and then the actual structure of the ceiling kind of, you know, it's very oval, and you can't stand up perfectly straight. So RVD was kind of hunched over, and he just launched himself off of the chamber pod, and his foot landed in uh, Triple H's throat. And oh, H yeah, hurt. I remember that now. Triple H was oh. hurt bad, and yet he had, yeah. to finish, he had to finish the match because at the time he was the world champion, and he was in this really great feud with Shawn Michaels, who was just kind of coming back to the WWE and, you know, Shawn Michaels would go on to win the first ever Elimination Chamber match and regain the uh, the world title or for the first time in the WWE. So it was a, a big moment, the first ever Chamber match, Shawn Michaels' return to the WWE and regaining one of the major titles. It was definitely one of the most uh, memorable Chamber matches. Yes, and there's your top ten, and... Uh... I'll tell you what, it looks like a decent pay-per-view. So uh, we'll definitely see. Uh, it, it's not going to be uh, available on the computer yet in terms of the WWE Network, right, JJ? No, uh, unfortunately, the WWE Network launches the day after, and even though the pay-per-view had already happened, they still are going to wait, I believe, maybe until sometime in late March before they make it available on the network. So you won't be able to get it right away, but eventually it will be on the network. It just won't be on there at launch. Okay, but it does look like a decent pay-per-view. It'll be a roadmap probably to uh, WrestleMania 30, and uh, especially in that main event with Tell uh, yeah. Dominic, I heard you on your report uh, talking about Raw and even saying how good it was. I missed it, so can you help me and the uh, other listeners that, that might have missed Raw? You yeah, have, I'll tell you, this was like the, the fifth or sixth week in a row that Raw was very good. Yeah, it gave you a lot that. of action, less stuff talking backstage, and... They cut to the chase a lot because, of course, Sunday's the pay-per-view. So I guess they right. wanted the last Raw before the pay-per-view to be real good. And it was. It was very good. Any, anything Go that sta- stood out? Yeah. Uh, well, the show opened up with a very long promo, which involved everybody that are going to be in the pods on the pay-per-view. Right. Um, they all cut promos, talk about how they're going to win it and whatever. Um, Daniel Bryan defeated Christian, and Kane was wow. at ringside and said, uh, Daniel, I forgot to tell you, you have another match. 
and it's with me. So Daniel <laughs> Bryan then defeated Kane on a disqualification, and in a funny, funny spat, Kane grabbed the microphone and says, "Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm disqualified." <laughs> and then uh, they had Fandango beat Santino in strictly a comedy match, with Summer Rae and Emma getting involved. <laughs> Roman Reigns defeated Mark Henry, and after the match, Dean Ambrose tried to do the one-upmanship on Roman Reigns by beating up on Mark Henry. And uh, let's see what we got here. What else happened after that match-wise? Uh, Jack Swagger won over Kofi Kingston. Uh, oh, and they had Big E Langston winning over Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre in a handicap match. How were those uh, matches? Yeah, typical. You knew who was going to win. Yeah. John Cena beat Antonio Cesaro in a five-star match, which I thought Cesaro should have won. Really? Yep. It was that good, Dean huh? did everything to Cena that could possibly be done. All different try ways to pinfall, and he did the big swing. I don't know how many times he swung John Cena around. And then the Wyatt family beat Sin Cara and Los Matadores, and you knew you knew who was going to win that one for sure. Jey Uso beat Billy Gunn in a very good match. Uh, Jimmy Uso and Road Dogg both got involved. And then the main event was Sheamus beating Randy Orton on a DQ when the Shield then jumped on Sheamus. And then everybody else that's in the uh, that's going to be in the uh, Elimination Chamber ran in again at the end. And then we got a brawl to end the show with the Wyatt family in the Shield. And how many uh, on a scale of 1 to 10? 10 being the highest. Yeah, maybe I'll give it about an eight. That's not bad. That's yeah, not they've, been bad. Giving, they've been giving good roars, and they've been giving good smackdowns lately. Mm-hmm. How about you, JJ? What was your opinion of Monday Night Raw? Yeah, I agree pretty much with uh, everything Dominic said. Of course, they started out the pay, uh, Raw yesterday with a very long promo where everyone was, you know, talking about, you know, that they're going to win and whatever. But eventually it led into a really great uh, match between Christian and Daniel Bryan, a match where, you know, pretty much anyone going up against Daniel Bryan is going to be the heel. So it's very interesting to see Christian sort of take advantage of that. And we kind of saw a very sort of heelish you know, Christian attacking Daniel Bryan and, you know, working him over. It was a, it was a good match. Uh, as Dominic mentioned, Fandango against Santino Morella, more of a comedy match, you know, to lighten things up. And they kind of played the whole thing where Santino is flirting with Emma and, you know, things like that. Oh, yeah, they almost shared a kiss, and that's why, <laughs> that's why this guy lost. He took his eye off the match, and... Uh... Uh, Fandango took to, took the victory. Yeah, he oh, gave him a nice flex, sit out pin. Yeah. Well, uh, Magnus, uh, you know, the TNA has been all over, and recently, where have they been? The UK, everywhere. Mm-hmm. But UK. Uh, yeah, he he was in the UK, Magnus, and uh, I managed to from via Wrestle Talk. Uh, get two parts of his, his interview. Let's play one part now, and we'll come back on the other side, and we'll uh, review it. 
WrestleTalk TV is sponsored by jimcornettlive.co.uk. You become world champion at a time um, that I guess is at the end of a turbulent year for TNA. I think that's fair to say. Um, lots of comings and goings. Uh, still a lot of talk among the wrestling fans online about who's staying, who's, who's going. What, what do you think the prospects are for the company as you head into the new year? I think 2014 will, will be where we, uh, we focus on consistency. You know, I think that's the, that's the key thing. I, you know, my observations of stuff, and that's, you know, and, that, and, I'm, and it's not very, I'm very much, it's not like I'm on the inside, you know, as far as the, the decision-making processes are concerned. You know, obviously, the, the more time you, you, you put in as a talent and, and the more, you know, you earn your stripes with, with, with the organization, you know, if you show an interest, you can, you're, you're a, you know, you open the door a little to, to some of those things, but it's not like I'm... Uh, by any means, you know, in any kind of, um, you know, decision-making thing. If someone asks my opinion, you know, I'll give it to them. Um, you know, big John Gaburik has come in, and he's, you know, we've, we've made a situation where we're, we're streamlining, no doubt. But that was a necessary move, and I think that we're going to go back to a lot of the principles, um, uh, you know, and business culture that, that sort of made TNA successful in the early years. Because the online stuff, not that I, I really try not to pay too much attention to it, but sometimes it's unavoidable. But the one thing that never really gets mentioned is the fact that the company was started in 2002 with a million dollars, give or take. And by the time they signed me in 2009, so seven years later, there's the highest rated show on a network on Thursday nights on primetime on cable television. That is a significant you know, progress for, for any um, entertainment company. But the pressure of the wrestling fans for there to be a, a, a defined competition to the juggernaut is, is so strong that sometimes that, you know, that, that's a sort of un, unbelievably overwhelming amount of pressure on any business. What we've done now, I think, is we've put that to one side and gone, look, they have a huge market share. We're, we're our own company, you know. And I'm saying we, like I'm an independent contractor, you know, but, but while I'm part of TNA, I look at it as we, I'm part of that team. And we all agree that, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna play to the right markets. We're gonna play to our strengths. You can see that in the, what we're doing here in the UK. There's, there's one major reason why I'm the world champion is because this is our strongest live events market, you know, and so they're going to play to those strengths. If nobody was buying tickets here, there'd be absolutely no reason for me to be in the title picture, other than the fact that, that you know, that I'm a good talent. But the fact that it also happens to correlate with the fact that we have, a, you know, the strongest, you know, live event market here, that makes sense. What we're going to start doing now is, is doing what makes sense for business. And I think that 2014 you'll see, you know, we, we, we did take a couple of steps back. But we, we rolled the dice, you know, there was, there was a few, you know, there was a, a few missteps here and there. We made a few bad decisions and we perhaps a allowed ourselves to be infiltrated by a couple of people who, who weren't necessarily operating in the best interest of the overall good of the company. That's going to happen from time to time. It's happened elsewhere as well, you know, and 
you know, the big company they go through bad they go through bad periods too. The only difference is is that they've they've you know you also have to remember that in some way, shape, or form they've been around for you know close to a hundred years. This is the three generations of promoter there, you know, and a, and a public company, publicly traded company that's operating on a, a whole different level. We are not attempting to be like them. This is a separate organization. It's not WCW. It's it's a, it's a different company. It was a company that's, and we're now going back to the roots that made the company progress at the, at the rate that it did. And I'm excited to be part of it. Do I look at myself as coming in as, as champion in a difficult time? Sure. But in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's not a bad thing because there's pressure there, but there's also a, a, a freedom to go, well, if things, if things start to pick up, then they can look back at that period and say that I, you know, that I, I helped. But the fact is, is that all I can do is do the best with what's given to me and contribute as much as I can contribute whenever I'm given the chance to do so. Okay, JJ, I want to go to you on this first. What did you get out of uh, Magnus's uh, conversation there? Well, he was pretty honest, uh, I thought. You know, he acknowledged the difficult time that TNA has had. You know, he mentioned, uh, not in particularly, of course, one of the difficulties they've had was going on the road. They've had some issues with Orlando Studios and, you know, cutting back pay-per-views. But uh, he made a point of saying, you know, TNA is not WWE. TNA is not WCW. They are TNA, and they're doing, you know, the best they can. Are they under a lot of pressure? Sure. A lot of fans, you know, will compare them to the WWE, and why aren't they more like WWE? Why aren't they doing things like WWE? Why aren't they as successful as the WWE? But it's very hard to compare them. As you mentioned, the WWE, which has over, you know, 50 years of history, and, you know, TNA, which has just been around for a little over, you know, 12, you know, 12 years. It's hard to really compare the two, although they've done a lot of growing in their 12 years when they were just, you know, a weekly pay-per-view, and then they went over on Fox Sportnet, and they were on, you know, Friday afternoons, and then they made the switch over to Spike TV, and then they were on Saturdays, Saturday nights, and then they made the switch to primetime, and they were on at, you know, 7, uh, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, and even now they're back at... Uh, they're at, uh, was it, uh, 8 Central, 9 Eastern, so they're still prime time, but uh, there's been a lot of changes. But uh, there is sort of a new uh, genesis over in TNA, sort of a youth movement. You know, they got rid of Hogan, or not so much they got rid of him as much as Hogan left, you know, Sting left. Uh, their, their face, the, their company guy who has been there from day one, AJ Styles. You know, I love AJ Styles. People want to compare him to John Cena in the fact that he was the face of TNA. You can't imagine TNA without AJ Styles. But, you know, AJ's been gone, and TNA, they're, they're still here. They're doing their thing. You know, they can't uh, grieve forever. They have to move on. They have to make new stars. They did everything they possibly could with AJ, and it was time for, you know, AJ to uh, make a move and do something different himself. So now AJ is doing something different in the independent scene. And now TNA, they're going in a, maybe a little bit of a different direction. They brought MVP in. MVP seems to be doing very well. 
with TNA. I like watching him uh, on TNA as this investor character and interacting with Dixie and kind of foiling her plans. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very interesting time in TNA and seeing how they grow from this. And uh, Magnus even mentioned that one of the reasons why he's world champion is because TNA does so well uh, in the UK, overseas, you know. And uh, Magnus is yeah. the, first, the first British world heavyweight champion for them. So uh, it's a big deal. You want to have, you know, your top guy from that area go in as champion. The fans love it. Even though he's a heel, even though you're supposed to boo him, you know, it's it's a very big honor for them to acknowledge him as the first British champion, even if he competes in Scotland, which is their rivals, or he goes over to Manchester. You know, he, he definitely gets a good reception, whether it's booze or cheers, and that's, that's good for TNA. People, you know, buying the product, going to see these guys, you know, compete, uh, you know, it's good. So I'm hoping this is something new for TNA and that uh, they that they actually see some you know some benefits from this and that you know hopefully they're here another you know, 12 years. There are a lot of people have been saying from day one these guys aren't going to last. There's no way they've been saying that since day one, and yet they're still here. They're doing everything they can to ensure they stay here. Uh, sounded very optimistic, uh, Magnus Dominic. What was your take? Magnus, Magnus is fantastic. He's in the ring. He he knows his craft. He's like a throwback to the old Fit Finley, William Regal type type wrestlers. Right. Uh, he's a lot like Douglas Williams when they were the the, uh, the British Invasion. He's I a like very him. good champion. Um, I don't like the fact that he's a bad guy. He's that good that he should be a fan favorite. But he's the one down now that it's it's Dixie's pride and joy uh, to have him as champion, and it's a good choice. He came a long way from when he started as Brutus Magnus with that stupid helmet on. Gladiator. And, yeah, yep. And they really weren't that high on him at the time. But he showed he could do what he's doing, and uh, he excels better every time I see him. The one that annoys me the most is Rockstar Spud. Really, I've taken shits bigger than him. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, Magnus says some interesting things about him and Hulk Hogan on this next clip. Let's take a listen. It's real interesting. Hogan TV was a is sponsored by JimCornetLive.co.uk. Okay, I want to do the uh, well-worn interview gimmick of name association. I'm sure you've had this a few times as you've been doing okay. the rounds. Uh, we're going to talk about several of your colleagues in, in TNA. The first one I'm going to do though is Sting. Uh, an incredibly gracious guy um, and someone who is a, a great example of, of how to have a, a, a successful and long career. And as far as career paths go, somebody who, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better career path to try and emulate than his because he's made a lot of money, he's healthy, and he's happy. Hulk Hogan. Interesting guy. Will always be considered uh, the, you know, the, the, the quintessential star and the, you know, the, the, the personification of the top guy. Um, I don't know him very well personally you know that the, the few the few interactions I had with Hulk were always pleasant he's very much for himself but 
and that's not a criticism of him. I think he'd be the first guy to sort of uh, to agree with that as well. He's going to do what's right for Hulk Hogan, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with that. He was a good fit here for a while, and um, I don't know much about the way things worked out, but but uh, interesting cat. Rockstar Spud. Non-stop energy. The guy is like he's like the Duracell bunny. He just uh, doesn't have an off switch. Um, but he's going to be a great fit, and uh, so, you know, there's, you'll be hard pressed to find someone with more passion for the job than 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 Jay. I mean, he he's thinking about wrestling 24/7, and he's got some great ideas, and he's wicked talent. Kurt Angle, um, a wonderful guy. I worry about him all the time, um, but the uh, you know, unbelievable work ethic. He, he puts himself through so much physically, and he doesn't really need to. Um, he's been very, very good to me, and uh, will go down without a doubt as one of the greatest ever. Okay, JJ, what did you think of that part of the interview? Uh, well, and Mac yeah, you mentioned a lot of things about some various guys. You know, Kurt Angle. I think we all worry about Kurt Angle and. You know, his injuries, his neck, he's had so many surgeries, and he's going out there, and he's doing, you know, that moonsault off of a top of a steel cage. He's still doing it. He did it in WWE. He's doing it in TNA, and the guy's just, just you know, killing himself. He, uh, he'll go out there and go that extra mile. So, you know, the guy you see on TV is the guy you see off TV, you know. So uh, that was very interesting. He mentioned Hogan that, you know, he didn't really work a lot with Hogan, but the only time he did was when they were on camera. That, you know, Hogan was a bit of a selfish guy, which is that's nothing new. This is, you know, his reputation. But he did say that, you know, Hogan will always be known as that top guy, the, the star. He's very recognizable. People, if you're a wrestling fan, even if you're not a wrestling fan, there's a good chance you know of or at least heard of Hulk Hogan. And then, of course, Sting Sting, who, you know, has this reputation of being very loyal when he was in WCW, and then coming over to TNA, he's been loyal to TNA. He's been giving all he can to TNA, working with guys like AJ and even uh, Magnus towards the end, where he put Magnus over. And, uh, you know, he mentioned, you know, there's no other guys as gracious uh, that uh, you would want to emulate in the ring or outside the ring. You know, Sting's uh, a stand-up guy. And then, of course, he mentioned his fellow uh, British, uh, UK uh, fellow, uh, Rockstar Spud. Rockstar Spud, who got his start on uh, TNA's British uh, boot camp, which is kind of like <laughs> WWE is tough enough. They just did something, and, you know, Rockstar Spud came from it. Uh, whether or not, uh, I know Dominic, I can't wait to hear what he says, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, I got nothing against Rockstar Spud. I haven't seen much of him in the ring. I only know what they've shown me on Impact. He seems to be uh, an interesting character. He's kind of annoying, but uh, it's great because it fits in with his character. His character is supposed to be annoying. He's, you know, Dixie's lapdog. And, you know, it, I think it fits in for what TNA is doing right now, especially with Magnus as a champion, and you have this kind of little annoying guy who's running around like a chihuahua. Uh, I think it's good. I think uh, I haven't seen much of his in-ring work. It's, uh, you know, I can't really judge him based on his uh, in-ring, 
skills, but uh, as a character, I think he's exactly what he needs to be in this Dixie regime. They need somebody who uh, brings that sort of comedy, somebody who gets their ass kicked, because you don't want to embarrass Magnus, so you embarrass Rockstar Spud. You have Samoa Joe destroy Spud because you don't want them to destroy their champion. So uh, I think he's got the perfect role in TNA. And uh, let's go over to you, Dominic. Uh, what's your take on uh, what yeah, you about well, J.J. brought out a lot of great points about Rockstar Spud and his character. I've seen Rockstar Spud wrestle several times on um, pre-taped TNA pay-per-views where they were bringing in stars from different places. And Spud can wrestle. He can, he can go. He can do a lot of high-flying stuff, but now he's just a flunky and a lapdog for Dixie. And, uh, yeah, yeah the, the role he's playing, if he's annoying and you can't stand him, that means he's great because he is doing his job. He's supposed to be a pesty little piece of gum that you can't get out from under your sneakers. And he's playing that role very well. It's an annoying role. I think he needs a, he needs a new hairstyle and a new uh, fashion director. But uh, he he plays his role very good. I wish he'd get in there and wrestle more against mm-hmm. guys that he can wrestle, like yeah. Saban and people like that, which would be an excellent match. But he's very small. I mean, he makes Spike Dudley look like the great Kali. <laughs> that's how little this guy is. Mm. That's, a, that's a good point. It's definitely a good point. Uh, according to Steve Gerwick's website, wrestler Bruce Fante, I don't know who that is, maybe you do, Dominic, was arrested in Florida today. Oh, I didn't read that. That probably came on after I got off there. I remember a guy named Santi. He's... He's an indie guy, and I think he did some TNA stuff. Oh, okay. So, yes, uh, let's see here if we get any more news. Uh, wrestler Bruce Santi. Uh, did he ever wrestle in the WWE? I don't think so. At least maybe not under that name. The name sounds familiar, but I can't, I can't place where I heard it. Uh, you heard you heard uh, this story, uh, the wrestler. No, I can't place where I heard the name for what promotion, but I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't read the story. It must have came on after I got off the computer. What oh, did he get okay. arrested for? I, you know, I'm trying to wait for this page to load, and oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing it. But in the meantime, uh, there's a uh, feeling amongst. Uh, the uh, commentators that we were hearing before who interviewed Magnus, why is the WWE pushing part-time wrestlers? Let's take a listen, and we'll come back on the other side. WrestleTalk TV is sponsored by JimCornetLive.co.uk. You're saying that the, 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 the big whinge at the moment, which I've seen everybody say, is that why is it that WWE are pushing part-time stars? Would you say that that is? Would, would you say that that is what they're doing? They are pushing part-time stars 
uh, like over the full time ones? Would you argue that that is a categoric point? I don't. Use or would you say it's one or two here and there? Because it seems like a quite a broad yeah. statement. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that in. I wouldn't say that completely. That's what they're doing. I wouldn't say that in every aspect of what they're doing, they're pushing the part-time stars over the full-time ones. What I would say is that there is a trend, especially over the last. I mean, and it's not been a new one. I mean, over the last three, four, five years, we have seen a glut of part-time professional wrestlers coming back at WrestleMania season to get the big payoffs um, in the big matches. So we've seen The Rock in previous years. We've seen The Undertaker comes back every one, every year, once every year, although few people moan about him <laughs> being a part-time star, which is an, an interesting one as well, because a lot of this is about perception. Um, Triple H, again, another one that comes back for a match, usually at WrestleMania or around WrestleMania time. Um, and I think, you know, this year, obviously, Batista winning the Royal Rumble on his first match back in the ring for four years. Um, um, it didn't sit well with a lot of people. So, yeah, I'd say it's definitely a general whinge at the moment. And I think there's some foundation to it. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, so I just pressed the mute button for a second. I was going to hiccup, but uh, <laughs> if they come, that, that's it. That'll be, that'll be my karma for winding you up. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I, would, I would say that there is an argument that that's what WWE is doing. There's, I guess there's also an argument for the fact that for example, with Batista, okay, you've got Batista available. You've got your most important WrestleMania since WrestleMania 1. You know that Batista is obviously going to do something. I mean, the fact that he, you know, the, the argument is that Daniel Bryan, as, as some wrestling journalists have said, didn't move the needle for WWE from a ratings perspective, but Batista gave WWE their biggest rating spike of the year, yep. right? Or, of the, you know, so that's, so that's, I mean, that says something. They obviously made uh, a concerted sort of, uh, I don't know, they sat down and they said, if we bring this guy in, as it, is it going to... I'm not sure... I mean, I don't want to say that everybody figured this, but there were at least enough people with power in the company that thought that bringing him in was going to affect the ratings for the positive, and it seems to have done that. Okay, now, ratings don't always um, add up to, like, good fan response. So, you know, I don't know how... Yeah, I, what I'm saying is it seems like it was a very good decision for them to do it from a ratings perspective, um, and they may not have worked out in advance what a backlash it was going to get they may have not sort of surveyed the current wrestling landscape to be able to assess that but then on the flip side once they've realized that this is good for business what other way is there to bring in batista right with that kind of impact where you're going to put him into a headline main event match which is what you want you want him to headline your big pay-per-view which you're resting your entire network on right then having him come in and wrestle at the rumble Maybe he could have done a smaller match. Maybe it could have been him against The Undertaker. But that, to me, makes logical sense. Like, you know, I, one, of the, one of the things I, I mentioned yesterday with TNA is sometimes I think they beat their new, the guys that are coming in too quickly. Mm. Ten minutes remaining. You know, they get them on TV and they don't build an awesome con works because she killed people. Goldberg worked because he killed people. Alpha female comes in. And she's getting pinned, you know, within the foot. I don't want to spoil it. But that's, there were some things, sorry, whoops. <laughs> but there were some things that made me think, well, maybe, you know, you need to get behind these people, right? Um, they've done that with Batista. And if you look at it, you know, if you, if you assessed the previous reactions that he got and his level of popularity, you would, it's not that Batista, the decision to push Batista was not a good one. It was to push him at the expense of Daniel Bryan that made it a bad one, which is a very different way of assessing the situation. Does that make sense? Like, you can't... I think what they did was they counted out Daniel Bryan. They didn't necessarily make the wrong decision with Batista. It probably would have worked on its own, encapsulated in something else. It's just, unfortunately, 
you know, Daniel Bryan's popularity is eclipsing everything. We've we've reached a we've reached a turning point in wrestling fandom, basically. I think what we're, we're finding. And one of the things I will say about that, I'll come back to that in a minute. But what we one of the things we'll say about what you said is that. Contrary to that, though, is the idea that the WWE Network, and we've said this a few times over the past squashes and the concentrate, is that one of the main things about the WWE Network is that they're desperate to get hardcore or diehard or, or, or long-time fans invested in the WWE Network. And I think it's those people who put, feel the most put out by this apparent part-time star put, being put over kind of feeling, you know? So I think it's yeah. kind of contrary to that idea that that's what they're trying I to get. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. But I tell you what, like, if I had a... WrestleTalk TV is sponsored by... All right, JJ, I want to go to you on this first. What's your take with the whole pushing uh, wrestlers that are only part-time? I don't think there's anything wrong with pushing the part-time wrestlers, but it comes to a point where how far are you going to push them to the point where they're just constantly dominating the current roster, the guys who are there, you know, 365 days, you know, every week, every week. Eventually, they have to work with the young guys and put them over. You have guys like The Rock who came back, and he put Cena over. You have guys like... uh, uh, Chris Jericho, who came back and he put Punk over, he put Dolph Ziggler over, he put Fandango over at WrestleMania, and you got Triple H who comes back, and you know he had a nice match with The Undertaker. The Undertaker comes back. He's been having great matches with pretty much everyone, whether it was Punk or Triple H or Shawn Michaels. You know, Taker. He has that one great match, and then we don't see him anymore. You know, it's a shame he only works that one match, but, I mean, there's only so much the guy can do. I mean, he's not uh, in his 20s anymore, and, you know, I believe he had hip surgery a few years ago, so, I mean, he can't do the same things he used to. So he has that one big match. It's, you know, it's money. It's money that you know the fans are going to tune in to see Undertaker's one match. You don't want to miss that match because it's the only match you're going to see with him. You know, guys like Lesnar, Lesnar, who got a very a lot of mainstream uh, media attention when he was in the UFC. He was a legit fighter, and he was a legit champion. To bring over a guy like Lesnar, who's a legit champion, into the WWE where he started, you know, it, it's great for the WWE to say, you know, that's one of our guys. You know, and he's one of our top guys, and we're going to have him, you know, have these great matches with John Cena and with CM Punk and Triple H, and it kind of makes things fresh, because how often can you see, you know, CM Punk, John Cena, John Cena, Wade Barrett, you know, part-timers kind of bring new life, like something new, whereas you're seeing, you know, Ziggler take on Kofi Kingston, or Kofi Kingston taking on The Miz a hundred times in a row, and you get tired of it. Maybe you bring Jericho back, and you have Jericho work with The Miz. Maybe you have Jericho work with Kofi, and it's something new. It's something you haven't seen before. In a lot of ways, the part-time guys, there's a place for them, but it's what you do with them. And it's nothing wrong with having them have their moment in the sun, getting you know, the big win at the big show, but eventually they got to do something more, and they got to give back. When they don't give back, there's a lot of problems. Now we have Batista coming back, and he's automatically being put at the top spot at WrestleMania, and a lot of people aren't too happy about that. You know, we had old-school Raw, 
which we saw dozens of legends and Hall of Famers come back, and it got raw big ratings, which was great. Then all of a sudden, Batista comes back, and he topped their ratings, and he's just one guy. One right. guy got more ratings than all those Hall of Famers, all those legends. But because Batista is someone who today's audience kind of remembers, they remember Batista from maybe over, what, six years ago, as opposed to a Rowdy Piper, which was 25 years ago, or Jake the Snake Robert, which was 20 years ago. So, and Batista, you know, a lot of people don't like this, but having him in the main event of WrestleMania, it makes sense. Batista is working with Marvel Studios. He will be a part of the Guardians Galaxy. It will be released this summer. It's a big part of Marvel's Phase 2 for the Avengers sequel. The Avengers, which is one of the second top uh, closest films of all time. And Batista is a part of that sort of, you know, family. So if you have to be the WWE, it brings a lot of fans. Maybe they tune in. Maybe they're going to watch the WWE. They want to see this guy. You know, they're going to watch him. They want to know they were fans of Batista. Maybe they want to watch him. But for the guys like us who've been watching every week at the week, we realize by bringing Batista back, we take the spotlight of somebody else. Somebody like the Jeff Punk. Somebody like the Jeff Punk. Over company. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of good and bad. I think in the long run, it's good, but unfortunately, for some issues in our stigma that comes with the market, it does take away from the guys who are there. And there's a place for them, but it doesn't use them. Uh, Dominic, what's your take? Be honest, which I can hardly hear you guys. I'm hearing static like crazy. I am too. Yeah, yeah a little staticky. All right, it's stop. All right, it's going a lot. All right, we'll see what I can say here. Um, to see I hear some you guys now, come back like part time. Some guys I wanna like Undertaker. I can't. I always can't wait to see him. Um, right. The Rock, he comes back. He's always he's always got something something that puts him over. But guys like uh, you know, even Shawn Michaels when he comes back for a match, he always does a couple of different things. Triple H is the only one I don't like to see keep coming back. Like, what's he going to do that's different? He don't have an original move in his whole arsenal. That's a good point. But some of the other guys when they come back. I enjoy seeing him. But now, like you guys were saying about Batista, a lot of guys got mad because Batista just came back and he's already pushed to the top. Mm-hmm. CM Punk went on record as saying he's a good friend of mine, but mm-hmm. I don't like the idea that he got pushed ahead of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And that's what made Ryback speak up, and Ryback is basically in a WWE doghouse right now because he spoke up and he said what, what he felt. And Triple H always thinks, nobody talks up to me. I'm Triple H. I'm the game. You know, I got the yeah. biggest pose in the WWE. That means right. I should have the most power. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Now, I heard that the uh, thing will be airing, uh, the, the Hall of Fame will be on the uh, Saturday. Now, JJ, will it be on TV Saturday or just on the WWE uh, channel? 
That would, of course, be on the WWE Network. The WWE Network will be airing the Hall of Fame in its entirety, which uh, is great. It will be live, but uh, it won't be on TV Saturday. Maybe USA might uh, air a replay of the last hour or so, like they have been doing over the past few years. But uh, if you want to watch the Hall of Fame in the entirety, then there's only one place to watch it, and that is on the WWE Network. And uh, well, I'm sure the DVD will have it also. Oh yeah, the DVD always does. They yeah. still got that. They still release it, yeah. Oh yeah. I oh, think yeah. they're gonna be faded out DVDs when you got this network, and you got these well, computers and 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 phones. You get everything on 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 these phones and computers. Yeah, you do. What's the point of uh, DVDs? I think they're, they're pushing that out, like the VCR tapes and the cassettes. I still buy well, VCR no. tapes. <laughs> they're still coming out with Hulk thing, Ultimate Warrior DVD. The plenty of stuff. Uh, I got the best. I got the best of the Ultimate Warrior. It was a blank DVD. Oh. <laughs> oh my. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Joey Styles recently posted his picks for the five best ECW pay-per-views. Uh, trying to get back up there. Okay, which will be available to watch on the WWE Network. Uh, this is what he said. There were so many memorable, memorable moments that it's no surprise ECW became a company nobody could ignore. Following this event, after a, a year-long rivalry physically, Taz and Sabu finally faced off in a grudge match that highly excited what ECW brought to the soon-to-be-broken table. The ECW World Heavyweight Championship was also elevated in terms of legitimacy as future WWE Hall of Famer, and future NWA uh, World Heavyweight Champion Terry Funk captured the title by defeating Raven. He earned the title by winning a brutal and bloody barbed wire uh, route three-way dance against the Sandman Stevie Richards uh, that, uh, that same night. Remember that, Dominic? Yeah, I do. I do. That was a great match with Taz and Sabu. After, after saying they're going to do it, they're going to do it, and they finally did, it was great. Yeah, and do you remember the war with the cable companies, uh, you know, not really uh, agreeing, some some cable companies not agreeing to have it on, some cable companies uh, uh, having it on, and, you know, things like that. I read where um, Comcast is has bought or is ready to buy Time Warner, and Comcast is not listing any yeah. WWE pay-per-views on there. Yeah, I heard that. And I read that DirecTV is just dropping all the pay-per-views, too, at WWE. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mmm. Very interesting. It looks like they're going to have a Legends Talk WWE Network 
www.com spoke with Brad Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Stone Cold about the impact uh, the uh, network has already had on them. So it looks like Bret Hart, Sean, and Stone Cold will be involved. And, of course, the WWE Network is coming uh, this Monday, and you will get a one-week free trial starts this Monday, beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern Monday, and for a limited time, WWE will offer a free one-week trial of the WWE Network at WWE.com. WWE Network, the first ever 24-7 streaming network, will feature all 12 live WWE pay-per-view events, including WrestleMania, valued more at $600 per year for $9.99 per month with a six-month commitment. WWE Network will also include groundbreaking original programs, reality shows, documentaries, classic matches, and more than 15,000 hours of video on demand uh, at launch. WWE Network is the first 24-7 network delivered directly to fans through over-the-top digital distribution. will be available on desktops, laptops, via www.com. WWE Network will also be available through the WWE app on Amazon's Kindle Fire devices, Android devices such as Samsung Galaxy iOS devices such as Apple, iPad, and iPhone, ROKU streaming devices, Sony PlayStation, and Sony PlayStation 4 and Xbox 360 availability on additional devices, including Xbox One and select smart TVs will follow this summer. So uh, WWE coming this Monday. And, J.J., are you set to get it? I don't know if I'm going to get it at launch, but I definitely, uh, you have to be crazy not to get it. For all the content that they're giving you, I mean, it's tremendous. You just mentioned uh, Joey Styles talked about uh, ECW Barely Legal, their first big pay-per-view. You can watch that on the network. It will be a part of their uh, on-demand vault, their library. To be able to watch that again uh, would be awesome. I mean, uh, it's so much you can see on there, as you mentioned, the 12 pay-per-views, the first big one, of course, WrestleMania. WrestleMania, which I'm sure will cost uh, over $60. You'll be able to watch it, a part of the network, for just, you know, $9.99 a month. Uh, That's unbelievable to me, that you could watch that on the network for that price and still get unbelievable content. Uh, Like I said, ECW, WCW, you can watch the past the Raws and SmackDowns, the current Raw and SmackDown, uh, all their original programming, as you mentioned, documentaries and reality shows like Legends House, their pre- and post-shows, their uh, WrestleMania Rewind original series, the Countdown Show, NXT, you can watch NXT on the WWE Network, which I believe NXT will be having their sort of their own pay-per-view, although it's just something that they're going to for the network, and that will be going up head-to-head against TNA. So they will have 
NXT going head to head against TNA. So that's uh, that should be interesting. And uh, Dominic, do you plan on getting it? No, not at all. So you're not sure not yet. Not at all, because I want to see old school stuff from the black and white days, and they're not going to give none of that. Everything that they're giving, I already got on video. So it doesn't even pay. No. And Blackjack, are you going to get it? I already got it. I'm talking about WWE Network. I already got it. I'm sure you guys got it too. You guys got a computer. You wait to answer uh, next week, and you guys will see what I'm talking about. I mean, you get all well, kinds next- of stuff on this computer here. Next well, week, we'll uh, yeah, as we said before, they're going to be taking down a lot of those YouTubes, the free stuff that WWE owns. You would think yeah. they would do that already, but I, I, I've just seen certain things here that I, I beg to differ. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to say that people can still be able to get it. Well, uh... Let's see if we can find uh, Dusty Rhodes. I think we have him on the line. Dusty, uh, can you give me your take on this whole WWE Network situation, Mr. Rhodes? Well, you see, what we're going to have here is the WWE Network, if you will, which is not going to be televised. you got to get it on a computer. everybody got to get a computer, and if you ain't got one... Go buy one, but if you have one, you need an Xbox, you need a Goku, you need something to attach it, and then you could stream it and actually watch it on television. And they're giving stuff from back in the day. <laughs> Not when Dusty Teen with Dick Murdoch, they ain't giving none of that. But they are going to oh, give you, yeah. starting with WrestleMania number one, the first DCW pay-per-view, uh, the Monday Night Wolves they're going to be giving you. Well, we used to go head on with WCW. Oh, Plus my God. many, many more and interesting things, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, of course, you can hear Dominic Valencia at 212-629-1900, and I believe you said it was Vanna White's birthday today, right? Uh, Vanna, I love you. You could have been my Valentine. Don't look you could be my Christmas owls? gift. You could be the turkey on my table for Thanksgiving. And how old? I think she's 57. And looking wow. that good. She still got it. She still got it. Yep, okay, King, let me bring up, King, King, let me bring up a point real fast with this. Uh, okay, let's say like the Howard Stern show. That's on satellite. You can get all that, that kind serious. of stuff. Okay, serious. So you have to subscribe to that in order to listen to Howard Stern, right? You got all those interviews on that on that computer here. That's what I'm trying to say. On on YouTube, you mean, right? YouTube and other stuff they got. They got people that be running it on their own time. I don't know how that thing works out because I'm like you with this computer stuff. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be hearing all that like, stuff unless I got a serious radio. Like WrestleMania I don't have a live. serious radio. 
And you can hear all that Howard Stern stuff and Jamie Foxx stuff. That's what I'm saying about this uh, network stuff. I think it's going to be run the same way. Well, the thing is, it's very cheap. But that's the argument to keep it to getting it. It's only nine ninety five. I mean, if you're oh, going to order, I know that I shouldn't be hearing the stuff that I because I don't have a serious radio, and I'm hearing stuff like if I got one. That's all I'm saying. Well, you don't hear the live stuff, but uh, I bet you you could. You don't really need to. Maybe what an hour later. Yeah. They upload it anyway, like you said. So that's what I'm saying. It's, so uh, Tom will be ordering the uh, pay-per-view, uh, the last one, I guess, before going on WWE Network this Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to be watching the Elimination Chamber. I mean, uh, like you said, this will this could very easily be a great Elimination Chamber match. You know, Cesaro is really hot. As Dominic mentioned yesterday on Raw, he had the match of the night, which could honestly be an early contender for match of the year. Cesaro versus Cena was a great match, great reversals. They just really had great chemistry. And to have Cesaro in the event going up against, you know, Cena and Orton and Brian, the big-time players, you know, it's a great opportunity for him. I don't see him winning, but it's definitely a great opportunity for him to mix it up be seen as a top star. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I'm going to be ordering it, and this will probably definitely be the last uh, WWE pay-per-view that I order for that ridiculous price, full price, you know, with the yeah, WWE. really? <laughs> with the network coming out, you know, paying $9.99, that's, that sounds like a good idea. That alone would uh, save anyone who orders these pay-per-views a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, that I agree with. Uh, but, you know, unless, it, it, until you get it hooked up to your TV, you can't watch WrestleMania, sit back with a bunch of guys, have a cold one. Uh, you got to just watch it on the little computer. That's the only issue. Yeah, but well, if, you buy, if you buy the Goku or the Xbox or Xbox 2 or whatever it is, yeah. there's a way that you could connect that to, to make it view on television, on your TV yeah. screen. Absolutely. If you have a 360 and a, a PS3 or a PS4, you know you can you know connect that to your console and then hook that up to your television, and then you can actually watch it from your television. You'll use the uh, the controllers as your way to navigate through the website and to watch the the programs. Then if you connect that to the barbecue, you got cheeseburgers while you're eating. <laughs> when you're watching the pay-per-view, you can eat at the same time. <laughs> uh, so uh, are you going to order it, Dominic? No. I got so turned off by, by, the, uh, by the Royal Rumble, I'm done with WWE pay-per-views. I'm only wow. going to buy the TNA ones because they're only doing four a year. Mm-hmm. Right. cheaper. And I'm going to buy the TNA pre-tape pay-per-views that are once a month that are only $15 for almost three hours. Yeah. yeah the WWE you know, but... ones, I could just get the results off the website and update, uh, update my hotline like that. Of course, I'll tell the people I didn't order it, but this is what I read. 
well, uh, we'll see. We'll have to see how it turns out. The Elimination Chamber. I bet you they go all out someday. Only I'm definitely be watching it. Should be interesting. I'm, I can't wait. Yeah, I'll be watching it somehow or another. But uh, tomorrow here on the King Jordan Show, we're gonna take a look at the Craigslist killer. What do you think about that, Dominic? Did you hear about that girl who confessed? About the what? She's staticking so much. Did you hear about that girl who confessed to killing almost 100 people? No, thank God I didn't. (laughs) I think it was in her mind. Well, that's what they're saying, and CNN's Holly Hughes will join us tomorrow at 9 o'clock. And uh, next Tuesday, of course, we'll have a recap. So uh, as we almost on two hours, I want to thank the Wrestling Insider, JJ. I want to thank Blackjack Brown from the Chicago Sun-Times and from the Wrestling Hot Seat, Dominic Lundy, which you could call him at 212-629-1900. Thanks again, Dominic. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, King. It's always a Dominic, pleasure, you guys. JJ. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Same here. Okay, let's let Kane leave us going goodbye. Take care, everybody. We'll speak to you next Tuesday. Thanks, JJ. Thanks, Dominic. Thanks, Flintech. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.